When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. We're off and running. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera down there in Arizona. One last day soaking in the sun for 12 more hours if he can get it in there. Um, Twitter handle Cody underscore CHGO. Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera, and I'm just at Luke Stuckmeyer. Uh, we got a lot to talk about again today. Uh, I do want to start the show pointing out the shoes. Show them off. Go ahead. Uh, just look at these things. New Jordans you got do, in again today. I'm doing today. the Pippin thing. The Pippin, well, the, the bottom of the foot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is easier for the and people. You, and you're saying to Ryan? Yeah, yeah, Ryan, come home, man. Come home. Come home. There you go. But you you're go. telling me you didn't wear those here. No, I uh, I put them in my bag because it's raining in Chicago today, and then uh, it's, I wore a different pair of shoes on. I didn't know this existed. I, this is like the loop businesswoman who has the high heels, but it's the winter time, and she doesn't want to get on the metro with her high heels, so she wears the big boots and the giant coat, and then she gets to work and she puts on her her heels for work. <laughs> you put on your Jordans when you get to work. These things, I mean. They're white mostly, so it's like, especially on a day like today. You don't want to get nah, them. Nah. Now, if it was like yesterday, I, put a, I probably would have worn them. And if you lived in California, I mean, you just wear them all the time. Yeah, yeah. But Should be nice. Uh, I was trying to send out a little tweet here. Let me see if I can get that going. Oh, Boom. here we go. Grandpa Stucky here. In, the, in his element here. I, I only on got the word media. here on there, but it's out there. <laughs> uh, it's on Twitter now. Yeah. And uh, you can find the show on Twitter. You can find the show on um YouTube. YouTube right now, and you know we'll we'll put it on and link we it out both, later. Today. We both just tweeted out the live videos on Twitter, and it's from the CHGO Sports and the CHGO Cubs. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give us five stars. Make sure you like us. Yes. What, what are the other things they're supposed to do? Uh, follow. Get a membership. On, yeah, you want to get, get a membership? membership? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. Especially uh, if you want one of those T-shirts. <laughs> Ryan, can you hear us? Okay. Gotcha. We're here. Oh, and this is. This is his last, last day. day. How's it last feel out the there? Um, I looked at the weather report earlier in Chicago, and it's going to be like high of 50 and raining for the first three days I'm home, so that kind of sucks. Um, yeah, but it will be good to get back in the studio with you guys. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. I feel so terrible sorry. for you. I, I, I know you guys have missed me. You guys have missed me out in the studio, that's for sure. We have, but I, we want. I will admit, we have missed you. We have missed you, but we would like to say when you come back, keep your tan lines to yourself. That's something we want to always point out. Yeah. We don't need to see the tan lines. Um, 
So we want to eventually in this show, we're going to get to the Anthony Rizzo quotes uh, from The Athletic talking about it, having no regrets, the way yeah. things worked out at the end and not taking that deal. Uh, that's going to come up uh, just a little bit later in the podcast. We also want to start off with Brennan Davis because, all right, at, all at once, Cody. One, two, three. <sighs> Big relaxing. Thank God. <laughs> sigh of relief because mm. uh, apparently it is just a bruise. X-rays negative. He was plunked on the knee yesterday, uh, Monday, in the Cactus League game. Said he felt better than expected. Right. I believe he's not in the lineup uh, for the, the Tuesday game in the Cactus League play, but... Hey, it's a bruise, x-rays negative. That might be the best news that comes out of spring training, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, that could have been um, really, really bad. And it leads us into the fact that we believe he's going to be part of this Cubs outfield before the season's over. In fact, we probably believe he's going to be a key part of the Cubs outfield before the 4th of July. Yes. At least. I, I think that's a fair take. Okay, July, July, before July fourth, I feel like is a fair take. So, Ryan, you wrote you're uh, working on an article about the outfield kind of shaking out and how things will be. Um, I saw Frazier is in the lineup in left field. Uh, it's it's just an interesting group they have, right? Like, you know, Brendan Davis is the future, and so you slot him into one spot. Now Suzuki comes out of nowhere. You slot him into right field, and then frankly, there's so many combos they could play in the outfield and in left field that it's – I don't know if you're going to see the same lineup very many times this season. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you see – like you mentioned Suzuki. Suzuki, again, that's just – he's going to right field. That's just one thing to take off his plate of, like, trying to get accustomed to the game here. Not only just to America, but to the game. And that's just one thing that's going to help him out. Um, you see Hay Hayward was in center field yesterday. Uh, he's been taking – you know, get, getting those reps out there all week. Ortega, you mentioned. And there's guys like – Michael Hermosillo, who are trying to, you know, land with the big league roster. Ian Happ probably will be a left fielder, but again, with the elbow thing, who knows if maybe early on in the season, Rossi gets him out of the field, just DHs, whatever. Uh, so there's plenty of different ways that this, like, lineup can be kind of messed with and played around with. Um, and like you said, I don't think we're going to, at least not for the first few months, see uh, a lineup that's consistently everyday left, everyday center, everyday right. It could We'll switch around based on matchups, based on who's feeling good. It, it's there's going to be a lot of flexibility in this lineup or in this outfield for the Cubs. Yeah, I mean the Grandpa Stucky me says an outfield that's not the same every day isn't a good outfield. Um, but that theory has changed a lot in baseball. Uh, Joe Madden would have loved this lineup. You know, yeah. he would have loved the flexibility of playing guys every day. And I think David Ross kind of likes that, especially in a season that is. A retooling season, hope we compete, would like to compete. Uh, not sure if we'll compete, but, like, you're trying to develop guys. Hermosillo, you see, is uh, DHing in the Cactus League game today. You want to see his at-bats, see how he does. Right. Um, Ortega's a guy, he's still only 30 years old, and you keep looking for a left-handed bat, and he gives you a left-handed bat with a little bit of pop, 11 homers last year, and, you know... He went. He had like 300 plate appearances last year. That's the most he's had in his career. Right. So maybe he's maybe he's a late bloomer. They're hoping to find a guy that's a late bloomer. I mean, let's be real. There wasn't a lot of good or fun in the second half of last year, right? No. But there were guys who took advantage of those guys being traded, and Rafael Ortega was one of them. He, especially against, I believe it was right-handed pitchers, he raked off of. 
uh, a lot better than lefties. Obviously, he's a he's a you know a left-handed hitter, which could make him a platoon guy right. very easily. Exactly, and then like Hermosillo, like we were just talking about, he's really good against left-handed pitching. So to start this off before Brennan Davis, that platoon of Ortega and Hermosillo in center makes a lot of sense, at least in my head. Uh, but really, also, like you're kind of leading to it. Just the way that the team is set up, it's opening up a lot of opportunities for these guys who have been fighting to just get everyday playing time in their entire career. Ortega, he's had some chances and hasn't really taken advantage with other teams. But Hermosillo, like, he was blocked because of Mike Trout with the Angels, right? Right, yeah. Like, you're not going to win that battle. You're not going to win that battle. Like, this is like, this is a big spring for someone like him because. From what I saw last year before he got hurt, I thought that, one, he should have been playing more, and two, whenever he has the right matchup, he can hit, man, and he gives you a good at bat. So I'm he's one of the few guys that I feel like no one's really talking about, and if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know that I feel this way because I was, like, really high on him at the end of last year. I was high on him in the spring of last year. They, I thought the Cubs should have called him up much earlier. They didn't call him up until, like, August. But he raked in AAA last year, slugged over 500 and, and hit, I think his batting average was well over 300 as well. Like he, he just hasn't got the chance to play every day and get consistent at bats. And if you look at the other guys on the Cubs roster, Patrick Wisdom was one of those guys. Um, Schwindel, Schwindel was one of those guys. Another, another one of those guys, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm talking Hermosillo up and – who knows, like, what he actually is going to do. But this this really is his a real chance for him to get everyday playing with the Cubs. How do you look at the uh, – I'll call it a job fair. It feels like a job fair this spring <laughs> in Cactus League play, Ryan. Like, there's, there's so many opportunities for so many guys – uh, I feel like they're all just putting their resume out there every afternoon, and <laughs> and hopefully they think David Ross and and Jed look at it and say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna take you up on that and give you a contract. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as like the outfield goes, you got plenty. Of, you got, we've already talked about how many. It, it seems like a crowded outfield, and Suzuki obviously didn't make that any less crowded. He's <laughs> he's a guy that's gonna be hitting probably every day in right field, so that's these maybe two positions. And then if Happy becomes everyday left fielder, that's you got a lot of a lot of outfielders fighting for playing time. But like you know, Cody said, Hermosillo, you know, there's a there's a platoon there between uh, him and Rafael Ortega. Ortega had solid numbers against righties last year, not as good against lefties. So maybe Hermosillo could slot in there on on days that lefties are starting or pinch hit during, you know, when there's a lefty closer, the Cubs face Josh Hader or something, and and Hermosillo. I mean, but there's plenty of of room for that. Um, the DH helps. The DH helps get more. You know, you're you're gonna want to keep more bats um, in the lineup, but I don't. It's hard to tell just because they've only just started games a few days ago. How, really, how the outfield is gonna shake out? I think I think you have maybe five or six guys that like Frazier, guys that are gonna for sure be in that outfield mix, gonna be on the on the opening day roster, and then there's a couple other guys that you might be like. They had a good spring. They might, you know, Rossi might give them that shot to be, to be up there and, and prove their worth. So maybe that's like a Michael Hermosillo guy. Maybe that's you know someone else. But there's going to be opportunities in that outfield for sure. Yeah, I think you know I, I've come around to the the DH in the National League. I again I was old school. I didn't <laughs> like the DH. I wanted to see uh, the pitchers hit because I loved when Carlos Zambrano came to the plate and it was 
you know, one of the most exciting parts of the game is when, not when he was pitching, it was when Zambrano came to the plate and would swing so hard that it looked like his, you know, his arms are going to rip right out of his arm socket. Right. Um, but, <laughs> and, and, and when he hit home runs, it was, it was crazy. So, but I think most teams look at that DH and they say, they look at it and think, wow, we've got this extra bat. It's a chance to add more offense to our team. Personally, I look at it for the Cubs as an opportunity to build their team for the future because it allows them to put one of these other guys in the lineup every day or alternate them so you're constantly getting to see them at the major league level because sending them down to AAA is not the same thing. You're just not getting the same experience. And if you're trying to retool a roster with young guys and you're trying to find that needle in a haystack, you know, the, the one guy that got away from the other teams, this is a great way to do it. You don't have to put them in the outfield all the time, but you can still see their bat three, four, five times during the week, and you can just mix and match. And so that's why I think it will be a useful tool for the Cubs this season. It's one of the reasons I'm okay with the DH this year. And as the Cubs roster and team develops, hopefully into a winning team, a playoff team, then you start to worry about, well, how good a, how good is your bat? You know, it's it's Nick Madrigal. That's why I would have no problem saying Nick Madrigal was the DH multiple times this year. Normally you'd say, well, he doesn't have enough pop to be your DH. But it depends on how you're using it. If you're using it as a developmental spot to see and evaluate players, I kind of like that. And I like that mix with the outfield a little bit too. Yeah, no, you make a lot of good points there about just like all the different matchups and ideas. And yeah, I mean, you can look at it one or two ways, right? With having so many, then you you it might take some consistency away from other guys. Right. And then you look at it the way you looked at it. Um, it's like, well, we, we're in a situation where we just need to find out who we actually want here for the future. And some people especially on social media are very like, there's no one on this team that's going to be part of the future. And it's like, there were guys that were on the 2013, 2014 Cubs that were part of 2016. Travis Wood was on that team on those teams, you know, not saying all of them are going to be part of it, but there are guys that are serviceable. And, and I hate to think about it, but if the Cubs are out of it in July and some of these guys are yes, hitting, yes. someone That's not being negative. Up. That's being realistic. Yes, that's that's me trying to be realistic more so. And, again, yeah, like, go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, there's one guy I will say who will not be in the outfield mix for opening day. You guys mentioned it already, Brennan Davis. I think there was people holding out outside hope that, hey, if he has a crazy good spring, he could be on that opening day roster and play center field. And I think – after yesterday, after the hit by pitch, taking it to the knee, I think the Cubs are going to be very careful about that. Even though, you know, he said we saw him today. He was walking around, said he feels good. Rossi said, you know, X-rays are negative, and he he said that Davis told him he thought he'd be a lot sore today from the, the hit by pitch than he actually is. Um, but those people holding up the outside hope that Brennan Davis could be on the opening day roster, I. I think the Cubs are going to take this very carefully and make sure he's good. Make sure, you know, even if it takes a couple of days to just make sure that whatever swelling is down or any, anything like that. And that's just going to affect the ability for him to, you know, be ready for opening day in two and a half weeks. So I don't think it was a realistic, a re- realistic um, chance anyway, but I think this, what happened yesterday just kind of puts that to an end. Short spring training too. Yeah, Once yeah. it was a shortened spring training, it became a lot less likely. And right. as Ryan's pointing out, like, 
okay, now you're going to take a couple of days away from him. You might as well just right ease him into it, start it slowly. But, but Ryan, you're not saying that doesn't mean he couldn't be up on the major league roster in two months. No, I mean, I think there's definitely a chance that he's up. I know you guys said July 4th, you know, it's probably about the midway point. I think there's certainly a chance, maybe a little closer to that than cl- probably maybe in June would be the absolute earliest I could see it. Um, if you, especially because you think about it, he doesn't have that many plate appearances above double A anyway, just going back to last year. And you have, you know, the 2020 season's a lost season uh, for the minor leaguers. So he's, you know, they're going to get him at bats in AAA in Iowa. And if he is absolutely tearing it apart, yeah, I think you could see him up there in June. If he's struggling or they want to get him some more development, they see things, you might have to push that back a little bit, but uh, certainly not opening day. But if we get closer to the midway point of the season, there's there's, there's certainly a possibility. You just kind of have to see what happens in the next couple of months. Hey, no reason to rush a guy when guys are throwing all over the place in Cactus League play too because they're just trying to get used to being back on the mound and being in a game action. Uh, I was listening to Max Bain's, one of his old podcasts a while back, and he was talking about how when Brennan Davis came to South Bend, he was terrified to throw him BP because he was like, I want to work on stuff. I, I can't hit Brennan Davis. Like, yeah. you can't make me throw to this guy. The guys were like, within the organization, knew he was so good that they were like, oh, I'm not throwing batting practice. Don't put me in that position, you know? So I think some of spring training can be that same way with right. live BPs within your team. You know, guys are they're trying to get a handle for their pitches, and that's not the time to put out your prize prospect who just got plunked on the knee and, and force him into any more action. Hey, I also saw Owen Casey uh, was in the lineup for the game on Tuesday. That's a guy I would like to see. Yeah. That's another hot prospect, you know, Canadian guy with a big swing and hopefully. Yeah, I mean, he started in rookie ball last year, but then made it like at the end of the year he got a, he got promoted to Myrtle Beach. And he came right on the scene and and and, and mashed, honestly. Um, was part of the U Darvish trade. Um yeah, I mean, I I think he has a high ceiling. Uh, I don't know what he's ranked in the Cubs system, but it, it's pretty high. I don't know, but he's somebody that I would like to watch in Cactus League games. I'd like to see yeah. his swing. Everybody says it's real natural swing, and I just feel like I haven't seen enough of it. I've just everything I've read about him is very positive, and mm-hmm. the outlook is good there. Power lefty bat, man, you love him. Can't hurt that. Yeah. Can't hurt with that. Um, all right, so now Ryan talked to uh, some players while he's been out there. And one of them, I'm going to set this up for you, Ryan. It was Justin Steele, right? And we got a camera out there, and we gave you a microphone, and then apparently they gave you another microphone. And we're gonna we're gonna play the clip, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. But it's your interview with anything you want to set up on this Justin Steele interview. Um, number one, I have a couple of Hawaiian shirts. You'll see a different one. Uh, and number two, number two is my first on-camera interview, like like interviewing someone on camera. So go easy on me in the comments, please. In the comments, well, we'll 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 save that for afterwards. Let let's take a look and listen to uh, uh, Justin Steele. I'm Ryan Herrera. You know me, CHGO Cubs. Go follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore Cubs. I got with uh, Justin Steele here with me, power lefty of the Cubs. 
hopefully a rotation piece. But uh, Justin, um, you know, how has the beginning of spring training been for you? Uh, it's been great. It's been really good to get back in the locker room with the guys and you know start building on them relationships once again. It's just a really good energy around the facility. It's a lot of fun to be back around with the team. What was uh, you know, what were you up to the you know the 99 days of the lockout? You can't come down here, train at the facility. What's uh, what did that look like for you? Uh, I spent a lot of time back home in Mississippi. Me and Libby. Um, doing some you know, fishing, video games, normal stuff. And then we came out here right after Christmas to uh, go ahead and get situated in our apartment and start preparing for spring. Did you meet up with, uh, with anyone out here? Uh, yeah, I was, uh, once I got out here, I started training with Albert Alzalay and Brad Wick. Brad Wick, well, so what were those training sessions like? Was it just you all just throwing bullpens or what was, you know, was Yeah, like? I mean, we all kind of did our own thing as far as lifting weights go. We all had our own uh, regimen that we were doing. And then on bullpen days were Tuesdays and Fridays. So all three of us would throw bullpens that day. Okay. Uh, and so were you around Adbert? Like, were you there when that, that you know, the injury, the pain, he started feeling it? Yeah, I actually it? was. Okay. Yeah. So what was that, like, what was that, yeah, that situation? Uh, it was obviously not the best situation, yeah. but, um, you know, he was throwing his, the thing was, he was looking electric. He was looking great. Everything was fantastic. Like, you know, was looking very crisp, better than he ever has. And, you know, just one pitch kind of felt something didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. He shut it down immediately. And then, um, you know, started, you know, tr trying to figure out what it was. And then I uh, was obviously got the MRI and that news and stuff. But I think he's going to come back better. He's a hard worker, very tough mentally and physically. So I think he's going to come back even better and everybody's going to be more thankful for it. We did talk about that a little bit yesterday. And I know, you know, you guys started in Arizona together, you know, mm -hmm. kind of went through a system. So I know you have a little bit of a deeper connection with him than some of the other guys on the team. So what, just as, you know, what is one? What has that connection been like with him, like building that friendship over the years? But also just, um, you know, seeing him, seeing one of your best friends kind of go down, and, and you know, I, he's not down in the dumps ever, but um, you know, maybe not feeling as upbeat as he usually is. Yeah. So me and him, I was drafted by the Cubs in 2014. I was sent here to uh, Arizona for rookie ball, and that's when he came over from Venezuela. And um, we were in the rotation here in rookie ball together, and then we just kind of moved up the ladder together, and we were in the same rotation for years. Eugene, South Bend, Myrtle Beach, and then once we got to Myrtle Beach is when I had Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. He uh, kept on moving up the ranks, and I had to be out for a year, and then I came back after Tommy John, yeah, and then we yeah. both, you know, now we're here. You know, now we're both in the big leagues. And uh, it's, a, it's honestly a dream come true, you know. We talked about these things, yeah. you know, coming up through the system together, pitching together throughout our careers and whatnot, so it's really special. Yeah, so he got here a couple of years before you. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like, 2021, getting that call, you know, getting, getting brought up? I know you came up as a reliever, but, um, you know, getting that first taste of the big leagues with Adbert by your side. Oh, it was amazing. And I think my – I don't think my debut was when he pitched that game, but I, one of the first times I ever pitched, I came in after he did, and he ended up getting the win. It was really cool. And then there was a game against the Twins when I got my first win as a starter, I believe. He came in after me and pitched like four shutout innings after I threw five shutouts. So it's just really yeah, cool yeah. seeing one of your best friends come in after you or me coming in after him and uh, pitching together in the same yeah. big league game. Yeah. Was it that, that Minnesota game? Was that all you started that game? Didn't yeah. You? And then he came in, right? Okay, yeah. Um, so moving on, but we're you know we're three ish weeks out of, of the start of the regular season. I know games start tomorrow. Um, you know what is kind of your mindset going in? What are you coming in here to do for the next three weeks? You know to get ready, to get ready for the season, but also to kind of you know prove yourself as maybe a rotation piece for uh, Grandpa Rossi. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm here to pitch. I'm here to play baseball. I'm here to get, get guys out. I'm going to go out there and compete and, you know, do exactly what I'm supposed to do. Um, you know, wherever the Cubs see 
best fit for me to help the team. That's where I want to be. I'm not going to say I should be this or I should be that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm here to compete and get people out. So where would uh, where'd you get your work ethic from? Like who, who's probably the most like influential person on like the way you work as a, as a baseball player, just a person? Um, so when I was first came into the organization, John Lester was the big guy on, like, around here, so I really watched him a lot, how he went about his business. And then, um, you know, growing up, I really loved Tom Glavin. I loved watching him pitch, that whole, whole Atlanta Braves rotation yeah. when he was there. I loved watching all of them. And then um, kind of like the Phillies when they were – Went in the uh, World Series, I think it was 2008, and they had uh, Cole Hamels, Roy Holiday, just a bunch of studs in that rotation. That was another rotation I really grew up watching. I was hoping you were going to say a, a former Alabama football player that uh, might have played under Bear Bryant. You want to talk about that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that my dad, I mean, yeah, he taught me how to compete <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, my dad played football at Alabama in 84. Bear Bryant recruited him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he def, growing up, it was always a competition around the house because I had an older brother and that, him and my dad used to just beat me in everything. So like ping pong, pool, whatever it was, basketball, I was getting my brains beat in for a little bit. But once I got bigger and got a little got a little taller, and you know, I started getting started beating them. All right, so now you know you're coming in. Yeah, you got three weeks of spring training. You got opening day coming up. I mean, what's the message to Cubs fans that? You know, especially after last year, the trade deadline, the sell-off, you know, maybe things look a little bleak or the fans, you know, don't know what to expect. So what's your message to, to Cubs fans that want something to, to – want a reason to tune in on opening day? Oh, I mean, I think we have a ton of stuff to look forward to. I think this is going to be a great season, a lot a lot of fun and cool stuff, a lot of cool players to watch and stuff. I think going to Wrigley Field is going to be a blast this year. I think we got a really good team, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, thank you, Justin. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is Ryan Herrera again, allchgo.com. Go check out my stuff. Follow us on Twitter at chgo underscore Cubs. Thank you, Justin, for joining us. And thank we'll you. See you soon. Thank you. Uh -huh. I love it. Well done. Ryan, how many Hawaiian shirts did you pack on this trip? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Ryan. Whenever we watched, like, before the – you know, we had to edit the first, like, what, five seconds out because you had to let them know when you were good to go or whatever. That was that was hilarious, That that just that part. Cause the, you, the behind the scenes? Yeah, because, like you said, it was your first time, like, doing that, and you could just read it off your, your vibe in that. And so, <laughs> in a way, I felt for you, but also it was pretty funny. I like uh, Mike Dubs has been saying, hashtag, I'm, here, I'm just here to get guys out. Yeah, I like I, print I love the shirt. That vibe. Yeah, I'm the, here to get guys out. Very, print the shirt. I like the I like his confidence. Yeah, um, I would like to see him get one of those spots in the rotation. Mm -hmm. um, he pitched well on Saturday in the two innings he did. It was a good um, good first sign for him, yeah, right? Yeah, and uh, I think Rachel said it in the comments about his breaking ball uh, looking filthy, as she says. Um, yeah, yeah, he and I again I I don't want to say that I wasn't surprised, but. His last few starts at the end of the year in September, he started to really come into his own as a starter. And we saw him out of the bullpen, and he was great right out of the gates doing yeah. that. Took him a – you know, he had some ups and downs as a starter uh, in that second half, but I, f I really felt like the last few were just uh, a sign of good things to come. I feel like for a first on-camera interview, Ryan, we got to give you at least a B-plus on that. Yeah. Um, huh? Right? B-plus? Very – Good, good questions, good energy, 
Uh, it, it led to a, a great post at allchgo.com. Good shirt. Good shirt. Yeah. Well, I mean, the shirt we'll talk about later, yeah. but I will. It reminded me, I was going to tell Cody this, and I said, I'll save it for Ryan, because this was not one of my first interviews, but the first time I did an NBA interview was in San Antonio in like mm, 2000-ish, and it was Shaq, and it was my first day of work, and they're like, the Spurs are playing the Lakers. After the game, you need to get a one-on-one with one of the Lakers players. Mm. I walk into the locker room. The Spurs had beaten the Lakers, and Shaq is in there. And I'm like, you know, what the heck? So I walk over to Shaq, and I'm like, hey, Shaq, can we do a, a one-on-one? And he's like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> when it's dark. And it's yeah, he does a deep voice. He does the whole right. thing. And <laughs> I start to do the interview, and Shaq starts playing with me. In that, like, he starts backing away from me during the entire interview. So, like, <laughs> each question, he would step away. And so, you know, he's seven foot whatever, and I'm reaching up. I'm 5'11". And so each time he does it, it looks like I'm a little boy interviewing him, and he keeps stepping away. And at the end, he starts laughing Yeah. at the end. You know, so it was like my initiation. Justin Steele was much nicer to you yeah. than Shaq was to me, although I did appreciate that we had fun on the first interview. For so sure. B plus, my Shaq interview was like a D. <laughs> it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Well, hey, you know, hey, you know what? B, B, B pluses get you, get you a good GPA in college. So I'll take it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I didn't get too many, there, but I'll take your word for it. There is one question I wish you would have asked him about, but – and this is only because I've talked to Justin Steele before. And uh, when I talked to him, I learned that his one major league hit last year was against Corbin Burns. And really? so he's against, uh-huh. the, he's against the DH coming to the National League because he, like, th- like, when I talked to him, we talked about it for, like, 15 minutes, it felt like, about how just getting that hit off someone like Corbin <laughs> Burns is like one of the biggest accomplishments of his like baseball career uh, would have been uh, you could have dived deep into that a lot more with him. I should have, I should have sent you a text. Well, yeah, you should have. I mean, at least he got the one, at least he got the one before he was never allowed to hit. Again. Hey, you never know though. Like the DH doesn't mean pitchers can't hit. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Get into a, a deep game at the end and you run out of guys on the bench, steal, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I for, on, the, on the Shaq interview thing, I forgot that when it started, I said, thanks, Joe. To the, like, it was like a fake live like that was. And Ryan was nervous. I was nervous and I had a cold and my voice cracked. And I just stopped after like five seconds in. I'm like, we got to start over. And Shaq goes, oh, come <laughs> on. Like he made a big deal of it. And then he did it. So again, Ryan upped me on that. There was no voice crack. Once you got into it, you just fired into it. He's got a future in that, I yeah. think. We're going we're gonna to do this a few is, more of those throughout the season. This is coming from Luke Stuckmeyer, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. That'll so get like, you somewhere. You're off to a great I might, start. I might, I might end up on the sidelines at, at, a, at a national championship football game. So, let's, hey, that's right. Just make you sure, never know. Make sure you be nice to me because you never know. <laughs> uh, are you sticking around or are you heading out because you got to get more clubhouse stuff? I can stick around for a little longer. He's going to stick around, right? What do you got for me? He wants to hang around and talk a little more in the second segment. We're going to talk about some of our sponsors and uh, start with points bet uh, for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, points bet. If you're not watching the bet show, I'm on an absolute heater right now. I am 16 and Woo! 4 in my last 20 bets placed. Where's the, where's the crackling fire sound? I like money. 
Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Krabs is right. I like money too. Um, and you, if you want more money, you need to go over to PointsBet, which is the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college basketball, same game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live same game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. If Luke can do it, all of you can do it. Anybody can Literally, do it. Literally. I'm not even I did joking. it from my Moto Razor. <laughs> exactly. Plus, during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets during each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet live with PointsBet. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Cody, our next partner, has a product uh, I've been using literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time. I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So now I've been on it for about two weeks, and I love it. AG1, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's kind of mild, tropical taste a little bit, fruity maybe. Uh, and I look forward to taking it each morning. So what is AG1, you're asking, right? I, I need to know more. It's one delicious scoop of AG1. You're, with that, you absorb 75, let me repeat that, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all <laughs> things I'm aware of. I get up, first thing I do is I fill a glass with AG1, eight ounces of water, and giddy up, I'm off to go. Nice and simple, a lifestyle that is friendly, so if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy, gluten-free, or on the Aaron Rodgers diet, it's good for you. It costs less than 3 bucks a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens is also a climate-neutral certified company. That means they're fully a fully carbon-neutral business. So right now it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop in a cup, of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional 
insurance. I'm telling you, it's changed my life in two weeks. Yeah. I came in here a couple weeks ago, and you guys were all like, who's the old guy sloughing around, dragging his feet around the room? And now I'm in here, I'm hopping around, and you guys are like, how are we going to keep up with that guy? Yeah, you, you are super giddy. I've been using it. Like, it seems like you're on a very consistent basis. Yeah. I've been very inconsistent with it. So I need to make it a habit in my morning. Well, you got to got to build the gut health from the bottom. You got to start from the bottom and work your way up. Yeah. You don't go away from that. I do it every day. I'm working on a little intermittent fasting I'm starting to throw in there. And then the first yeah. thing I hit it with is the AG1. It makes sense that, like, after after we were done with the show yesterday, you were like, I got to get home. I got a run to do. Yeah, I didn't run. That never <laughs> happened. But All right. Well, I, I, that was the you, plan. You that were was the plan. About it. I stuck with the AG1 every morning. The running, walking, that, you know, I'm more of a walk guy than I am a run guy. Let's be honest. Uh, Disappointed all right. in you, Grandpa Stucky. <laughs> Listen, walking is an excellent exercise. The, if you're yeah. telling me that walking is not good for you, it's, it's better than running. It doesn't hurt your knees. That's what true. I sh- probably should be doing is getting to a swimming pool, you know, and getting mm-hmm. one of those boards so your feet are floating behind you and start getting in some laps with the old people, you know. Nose plug. I'm going to work the on that this summer. Nose right. plug would be right. pretty funny. Two, two things, gentlemen. Two things. Uh, yes. One, Rachel commented. She said, she said, killed it, Ryan. Fire emoji. So that's all the confirmation that I need that I did, in fact, well, kill it. Well, wait a minute. Is she referring to the shirt or the interview? Probably both. Both, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. And number two, I realized I do have to run. Um, I'm going to run. Not really, but uh, I, have to, yeah, I have to get out of here. So thank you. Hold it down for me. I'll see you both in the Windy City tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we'll All see right, it. Bro. Hey, bring your Hawaiian shirt. You know what that means. Aloha means goodbye from Arizona. <laughs> Sounds good. I think we saw Ryan on an ep- I swear I saw him on an episode of uh, Hawaii Five O When uh, Scott Kahn wasn't on one time, they had a detective come in, filled his place, and it was Detective Herrera. He was wearing one of those Hawaiian shirts like that. I've never watched the show. You've never seen Hawaii Five O? No. Some of the worst acting you'll ever see in television. (laughs) Just watch one episode and you'll just be like, that's it's like a soap opera at night. I don't believe it's even on anymore, but it had a pretty good run. (laughs) Um, oh, Rachel Saint, obviously both. Can't can't double up on Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Or what did she say? Can't beat? Can't beat a double up on Hawaiian shirts. Okay. All right. I got a I got a handful of Hawaiian shirts at home too. Do you really? Yeah, honestly, like I don't have, I have a Hawaiian a, shirt. I have a feeling Ryan's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt tomorrow when he comes in. I might wear a Hawaiian shirt too. We'll just have two guys I, here in Hawaiian. I have shirt. a feeling Ryan got those Hawaiian shirts two for one somewhere. Perhaps. Because that happens a lot with Hawaiian shirts, I think. <laughs> uh all right, let's get to the Anthony Rizzo comments on the athletic because I know oh, boy. uh it, there was a Twitter buzz about that, you know. Oh, it, yeah. Yesterday it was the Wilson Contreras trade rumors that kind of set people Spinning. This was uh, to Ken Rosenthal. It's not like I'm sitting here saying I wish I had taken it, referring to the Cubs offer right. uh, back in 21. I wish I had taken I'm I'm not sitting here saying <laughs> I wish I had taken it. If I play four to six more years, I'm going to make more money than I would have doing that. When it's all said and done, we'll see. As of now, no regrets. Yeah. He might be right about that. We're going to find Again, out. Yeah, and it's all about him betting on himself. Yes, it is. And that's not the comment that really struck me. I, I, right. I would expect a player to say, well, I don't have any regrets about that. It was more in referring to his time here in Chicago and maybe why 
re-signing wasn't necessarily what he wanted to do. He said, I wanted to stay there, but I've made money in this game. I made money and I want to win. That's definitely something that was important to me. So was he being told like this is there's not going to be some winning for a while, you know? Yeah. Is is that why he was less that interested in think. accepting that? It I will say this. He is not to knock Anthony Rizzo, but he is speaking out of both sides a little bit yeah. because he also said he wanted to be here for the next wave. Right, yeah. Remember, after, like right at the trade deadline, I remember a quote from him came out saying, uh, what was it, I want I want to go down with the ship or something right, like that. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it kind of contradicts that comment there. So, for me, it's just kind of like, again, I'm closure. Like, just – It's closure for you. Embracing closure. Like, that's – there's just nothing about the situation between him and the Cubs that is going to be able to get me to take one side or the other. It seems like there's faults on both sides, in my opinion. Do you so. think that feels like a shot, him saying that, talking about he wanted to win and that was important yeah, to him? And, like you know, it, is it a little bit of, is I, it a little bit of a jab on the way out or is it just him being honest? Like, they weren't going to win. I don't I, think they're going to win next year, and so... I mean, if, he, on. if he's talking about winning the World Series next year, then I don't think it's a jab. But if he's just talking about being part of a winning team for years to come, then I think it's a jab because the way that, you know, with what we've been talking about in the first half of the show about the outfield and the potential and Brennan Davis and all this, like, I don't think anyone genuinely thinks that it's going to take four, three, four years like it did in the first rebuild that included him. I don't think anyone thinks it's going to take that long for the Cubs to be a playoff contender again. You well, they could, be a, they could be a playoff contender. I know a lot of people don't think that, but again, we pointed it out yesterday. The Reds aren't trying. The Pirates aren't trying. You only have to beat two teams in your division. And frankly, if anybody thinks that the Cardinals and Brewers are so scary that you can't beat them in games, like I don't think that at all. Are there question marks on the Cubs roster this year? Yeah, there's a lot of them. And a lot of those question marks have to come through. For mm -hmm. the Cubs to be interesting if they're going to get to the playoffs, that I would agree with. And if you're also looking at Anthony Rizzo, I don't think there's any reason to be, when you say closure, I, I agree with what he's doing, and I think you have to respect it. Number one, he's betting on himself. Right. There's nothing wrong with a player betting on himself. And we often hear people say, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. Here's a guy saying, you know what? It wasn't all about the money. I wanted the money, but I, I know I might be taking less right now. I'm betting on myself, and I want to win. And if you are looking at this objectively, do the Yankees have a better chance of winning the World Series this year or the Cubs have a better chance of winning the World Series this year? He has a way better chance of winning the World Series with the Yankees this year. That's just, yeah. that's just fact. You, I mean... Yeah, I I think on the base, basis of, like, the two divisions, yes. Even though that division is stacked. It, it, it is, but they're, <laughs> but they're a much better team that if they got to a postseason, I think they'd have With a better chance to... With the expansion of playoffs. They, yeah, they'd yeah. have... They will getting be, in yeah. as a wild card, they would still have a chance to do something in the postseason. Right. And the Cubs, it's like, if this and this and this and this happen, and... And you get hot in the postseason. And you get hot... For a long period year, of time. Right, like, then they can, you know, make a run, you know, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. It's just... To me, again, last year I thought that the biggest regret the Cubs would have 
regarding like what happened to the trade deadline, I really thought the biggest regret was going to be moving from moving Chris Bryant. But I think in the long term now, like, yeah, they're going to regret that because Chris Bryant's going to mash at Coors Field. But I, as far as like the fan base and like which one they're going to regret, have the most regret about, I think I know what you're going to say, yeah, but say it. I, I'll the, tell you if the, I was right or wrong. I think the biggest regret they'll have is just maybe not necessarily not bringing Rizzo back, but just not le- like not leaving this in with on good terms, like it, better it just, terms than what better, you think yeah, they might be. Exactly, and as, from a f- pure baseball perspective, I would say the biggest regret they'll have is is trading Chris Bryant and not finding a way to get that contract extension. But as like as far as the fan base and everything that makes Cubs fans Cubs fans and how we all fell in love with the 2016 team. People aren't going to forget about this Rizzo thing, and we will still be talking about it in 10 years, especially if they don't win another World Series in the next 10 years. I think for whatever reason, the Cubs had mentally decided that Chris Bryant wasn't going to be here long term. I, I think they accepted that at some point early in his career, uh, whether it was you know Scott Boris, whether it was him being angry um, over the, the time stuff and not coming up right out of the gate early in 15 um and the way that whole thing was handled even though they went by what the rules were at the right. time and every other team was it fair it. to him no was no. it playing by the rules it was playing by the rules that the player signed a deal on right um whether it were those two things I don't know I, I don't know how and I also there was a hole at the top of his swing that it took him a while to figure out uh, he's had some injuries I, I don't know I just feel like they knew it wasn't going to be a long-term deal for whatever reason with Bryant. Maybe. I think the guy they'll regret, <clears throat> even though I think Chris Bryant's going to be great in Colorado. He's going to, you know, it's not going to help him win the World Series. I mean, he's put up huge numbers until he gets traded to a contending team at some point. Right. I think it's going to be Schwarber. Yeah. I think Schwarber finally figured it out with a new hitting coach, and he may end up still being the hitter that we all envisioned him continuing to be after 2016. That's a good point. I mean, he is the right now out of the if you throw in especially Baez, with a DH. Yeah, if you if you throw in Baez, I think you can argue it's like Bryant Schwarber right now is like the two best of those four, and uh, with Schwarber with a more with more upside. I think Schwarber's going to have the might have the longest career out of that group. Bryant's yeah. flexibility gives him that. I think Rizzo is you know, shown some back problems and things. Right. And I obviously and he is team, older. He's older and teams worry about that. And I, I worried uh, as a Cubs fan that Javi Baez's body would not hold up the way he played the game, the way we love to see. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves to see Javi Baez play full go, make the great slides into home at second base, all that stuff. Sooner or later, I worry that his body will not hold up the and older he, he gets. Last year he had the... What was it? I don't want to say it was the bat. Was it oblique? He had an oblique issue? Yeah, it's just and it's playing that way it. is difficult not to get hurt right. sometimes. Well, you, you you mention all that, but also he just swings hard. Yeah, everything he does. Every, everything. every time. Yeah. He swings hard and like, how will that play out? I mean, there were times last year with when he was on the Cubs where he did that and then he sat out for a few days. So, yeah, I mean, I think. You, you slide like that, that head first a lot. Eventually, you're going to break some thumb. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't wish him bad at all. No, I, I, no. Javi Baez was a great Cubs player. He's still one of my favorite baseball players to watch. I'll watch him with the Tigers. I love the uh, 
MLB tweet today from the MLB Twitter account. They tweeted four photos. It was Javi Baez and this kid. Uh, he had the kid had a sign that says some something like Baez, you're my favorite player. Will you sign my card? He's wearing a <laughs> Cubs hat. And uh, anyway, it was like four pictures of like a story, and <laughs> the ending picture was him signing this kid's baseball card. And again, the kid was wearing a Cubs hat. That's why I bring it up. And it's like things like that, like. There were so many flaws in, in Javi Baez's game, even though he was the most exciting player that I've ever seen in a Cubs uniform. That over- He was maybe the most exciting player in baseball for a stretch. For sure, there. for sure. and Arguably. You know, I he's the one that I don't want to say I'm not going to miss, but like he's one that I will be okay if he does go on to have, like if his numbers get back to 2018-2019 form. Like, I'll be happy for him, but I won't regret much that happens. One, because the Cubs have a slew of shortstops coming up. And two, because while he's with the Cubs, it just, especially in 20 and 21, it felt like he just did not want to adjust to a different style because the league had adjusted to him and how he does things. And it'll be interesting to see if he can, uh, you know, get back to that form now with the, now that he's with the Tigers and all that so closure closure Cody I, I think Cubs fans as a whole will root for each and one each and every one yeah. of those guys the rest as of their we careers. should as and they should. should they should uh, and they all have been great in this community as well right. each one of those guys has done something special in the uh, Chicago area um the Ricketts family <laughs> report this was another buzz on Twitter was that the Ricketts family reportedly flew to London to be part of their bid to buy the Chelsea Football Club. And I knew Joey was going to throw that in there because, of course, biblical losses, the way Tom described the the franchise with um, COVID and the way that changed it to a 60-game season and all of that. And there's, you know, people are talking about how much money they're spending this offseason, although they have greatly outspent the rest of the division this offseason. Greatly, greatly outspent greatly, the rest greatly. of the division this season, this off season. Um, you know, people still wanted Correa and people still wanted Castellanos and people still wanted them to re-sign guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> the juxtaposition of going after a being part of a bid for a soccer club overseas is um, a PR nightmare. Yeah, uh, I think we mentioned this last week whenever it came into the news. It was the same day that the Cubs signed Suzuki. Right. Or it, the, it was it, right around there, and I was like, well, this, this helps quiet yeah. that crowd a little yeah. bit, um, the Suzuki. Listen, man, like, I'm, I'm just as big a critic of the Ricketts family as anyone. As long as whatever they're doing doesn't affect how the Cubs are going to spend, no. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. And, again, Tom Tom should know this. Like, Tom should know by now that, like, if like if he doesn't – if he wants to get the fan base off his back, he's got to play fair here. Like, he, got, he, has, to, he has to invest in his baseball team. I know. And, and, and <laughs> I, I, was, I was with you on the rant you went on about re-signing Wilson Contreras. If it's a money thing, that shouldn't be a money thing. Mm-hmm. I will say this, and this is not going to be popular in the Cubs' angry Twitter feed. <laughs> Tom Ricketts did bring a World Series team here, and if you don't believe it, he was willing to suck it up 
and let them tear it down. Tell Theo, they brought Theo in and they said, you know what? Don't worry about the attendance. Rip it down to the rafters, just down to the beams, and you go ahead and take your time and build it to a World Series champion. Right. And he did it. Right. So, A, never forget that. He's the guy that got you the World Series. He rebuilt Wrigley Field with his own cash. On the other side of town, the city of Chicago and people of Illinois built a stadium over there. He got none of that cash on the north side. Different times, doesn't matter to me. One side got it, the other side didn't. One side had has the number one tourist attraction in the entire state. The other side doesn't. Right. So I don't think that was fair. Personally, I don't think it was fair that they had to flip the whole bill for Wrigley Field. Now, they're going to they're gonna benefit from it. For and sure. they've renovated it, all of Wrigley Field. If you went to Wrigley Field 15 years ago and you look at it now, it's I know different. people are going to say it it's, doesn't have the charm. Stop it. That's it's, not true. It's 10 yeah. times nicer than it was 15 years ago. I agree. It is way nicer than it was before. It still has charm when you go into the ballpark. Yeah. Could I do without one of the Jumbotrons? Sure. Probably, yeah. But it's, it's, it's ways of bringing in money to the team. Have they done everything right? No. No, they haven't made every right move. But you know what? If you had one, if you had one goal for them as owners, it was to win the World Series. They did it. They're still trying. They're greatly outspending every other team in the division right now. Stop telling other people how to spend their money just because they're billionaires. Right. It's still their money. If right. they want to invest in Apple stock, invest in Apple stock. <laughs> I can't tell. You just wouldn't know about it. Right. I the think, difference is it's another sports franchise, right. but it, it's still just an investment to them. Right. I think the thing that fans get all up in arms about the Ricketts family is it's not that they don't spend. It's not. It's that they don't spend enough because considering the market the Cubs are in, they're not, they're not up there with the Dodgers. And not right now, but in 2016 and some of those years, they were for sure. They were way up there. For they, sure. But people want it every year. I understand that. And we're spending somebody else's money. Like, yes, I also understand their side. Like if the investment isn't correct for that year, why would you go just all bonkers and throw money out the window? Like I get that too. It's easy to spend somebody else's money. Right. Very right. easy. Uh, right. I'll, I'll just ask you this. Are they better owners than the Tribune company? For sure. Of course For they sure. are. And, yeah. and, I, and I understand some of the heat comes from political points and all of those things. But if yes. you're just talking about them as owners of the baseball team, they're way better than the Tribune company. They, they won you a World Series. They rebuilt your stadium. They rebuilt the neighborhood around your stadium. Mm -hmm. And it's all making them money. So I, if they want to buy a soccer team... It's a bad PR move in my mind, mm -hmm. but I have no problem with them doing it. Right, yeah. That's, I think that's the biggest thing is, like, if they buy that soccer team and then we're sitting here in two years and nothing's changed with the Cubs, then... If they never sign another big free agent ever, like when they get competitive, if right. another John Lester doesn't happen... right. But guys, they just they just signed Stroman and Suzuki. Right. And and even though all these other dudes that they brought in isn't like a major name or anything, like you said, they they have spent more money in the division than anyone else. They like a lot of people claim that or like to claim that, that we're acting like the smallest market team in the league, but we're they're not. They they've spent more money in the division than anyone else. They're not the Reds. They didn't just sell off no. all their all-star players. No, and they offered deals to all of those players. Yeah. 
They did. Now and we some, see it, and we're like, I, and most of them look like they were pretty competitive offers. Right. And I, I again, I think a lot of it just we. I think we talked about it last week. Is like a lot of a lot of fans just don't want to admit that there's some fault in those players in the the way that they went about some of those things, like the the contract betting on themselves type thing. Right. And again, that's their right to do what they wanted to do. But I think at the end of the day, that this is. That's why a lot of people are just so against ownership because they, they're just so on the player side. And when it comes to certain things, I am on the player side, especially when we were talking about the lockout and stuff Agreed. like that. Agreed. Very much on the player side. I just think that there's a line with some of that. And as we've seen things play out, it's like, well, this kind of makes some sense. It's more and more. But, again, at the deadline last year, I was just like every other fan that, that was upset or anything. I, You know – I knew those trades were happening, most likely going to happen, but I was hoping that it wasn't going to be all of them. Yeah. Because I thought the one they would keep would be one they would try to actually extend, and then they moved all of them instead, except for Contreras, you could say. And, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, it, there's just – again, you mentioned PR, uh, PR nightmare. All we can – all we as fans, me and you and the people in the chat, all we can do is just – Wait and see what happens with how they run both these teams if they get this soccer team. If they're part of it. And they're yeah. not going to be, like, the main person. Right. I, it, from what I understand, their role in it will also be sort of a real estate role that they want to build around this stadium, a Wrigleyville-type renovation. And so yeah. it would be sort of repeating. Just like they took advantage of what happened at Fenway Park, now Chelsea would like to take advantage of what happened around Wrigley Field. So. Right. It's, it's going to somebody that has experience with it. Um, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app. Use the code CHGO. When you sign up, not only are you going to get two risk-free bets, bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll get a free shirt of your choice from this CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone, and you're signing up with the fastest sports book. It's easier than ever, and you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And here at CHGO, we're trying to bring you daily podcasts, live shows, every team, every day, post-game shows after every game, pre-game shows, premium written content for members at allchgo.com. Ryan Herrera has been working his tail off out there with Vinny Duber in Arizona. Uh, they're both on their way back. Tan lines and all, <laughs> sand in their shoes. They're headed back, but you can read all their stuff at allchgo.com. They'll be... Uh, covering the teams at the ballparks all season long for uh, in-depth articles and information. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, dope merch for all teams, free shirt when you become a member, and the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. Speaking of Hawaiian shirts today, we should get a CHGO Cubs-like Hawaiian shirt. Yes. In honor of Herrera, a CHGO Hawaiian shirt. I'm just here to get guys out. Hell yeah. Man, what, what could the slogan be for Herrera? Or it could be, 
I'm Ryan Herrera from CHGO. You all know me. You know me. You know me. I like you know me on it. Just you know me would be good. Um, like Rizzo's, what was his? You respect me? Respect me. Respect me? Yeah. Ryan's is now you know me. You know me with the point. You know me. <laughs> um, or is it you know me? Depends on how you deliver it. I don't think he would do it. Oh, you know me. I think it was the other way. The way he said it was more, you know me. (laughs) You had some sass on there. Yeah, some sass. Uh, Rachel in the comments says, uh, Ian Happ and the Cubs have settled at 6.68 or 8.5 million, avoiding arbitration. Well, that's good. Now, hopefully, the next part is that Ian Happ is healthy. Yes. And I know his target was opening day. Didn't uh, it seems more and more. Li- they went to arbitration last year, I thought. Yeah, I believe so. So, I mean, it's good this year that they did not. Um, it, I would like to see um, him be healthy and figure out if he's the first half player or the second half player. And just need a full season. I man. would assume that this is a make or break year for Ian Happ in a Cubs uniform. Yeah. Right? I would. Uh, yeah, this is I it. Would, this is it. Like, and it's I, I hate to say it because he's such a good dude. Like I, oh yeah, hundred percent. Nobody's saying anything about him. Right. Like as a baseball player, this is when he's going to have to show he can do it for a full season. Right. Because yeah. he's had he's had some points where you look at him and go, "That's a first round pick, and that's the guy we want in our outfield." Right. And I mean, when the Cub when the Cubs first brought him up and they were in the middle of their window and everything, you were like, "Man, you add this guy in, and yep, that changes this team." And you know, we can sit here and talk about why the Cubs never won another World Series and all that. And, you know, one of my reasons, I think, is, you know, lack of homegrown starting pitching. Yep, number one. Um, you know, I thought that the way they handled the Addison Russell situation was a big factor. Um, a lot of people like to fight me about that. That is what it is. Um, <laughs> but no one really talks about how – Ian Happ and, like, his inconsistencies. So, I don't want to say it's a, a, a top five reason, but it is a reason in being of players who the Cubs have brought up and just haven't performed to what they expected. And, uh, again, 2017 Hayward, Hayward not and, playing like they thought he would yeah, play. Like, yeah. he's, he has been what he has been, and, he you know, he made the speech and all those things, but he – he hasn't played to the level they thought he would play for this contract. That's, yeah, for sure. That's obviously one of them as well. Yeah. Um, making the Quintana trade instead of getting Verlander, Verlander is yeah. a huge moment in Cubs yeah. history yeah. where they went backwards instead of really moving forward. And Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of different ones. The Quintana trade, I always believe, is that, I mean, yeah, Eloy's going to probably hit 30 to 40 bombs for the next, you know, another five years with the Sox, but... To me, you know, moving Cease in that deal is what really he was the hurt key the piece. Cubs too. Right? Yeah, I agree. Again, no homegrown starting pitching, and at the time, he was the one guy they had. I still think it was. I still think it was the right move. It just turned out to be a very expensive package. Um, yeah, it's just what happens when you do those trade deadline 100%. blockbuster trades. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. All right, so we did our tournament of sweet and savory sixteen. <laughs> we have a champion. We did all the voting online in the poll. You guys went out and voted. It came down to the Vienna Beef. We had we had two brackets. We had the Ballpark yes. Classics, and then we had Wrigleyville Food. And those are the two sides that met. So coming out of the Ballpark Classics, the Vienna Beef Hot Dog. It was never in doubt. It was <laughs> never in doubt. It came in on, from the one side. And then from outside the ballpark, it was the you know slight walk up the road. 
to the Wiener Circle for the chocolate shake. And that was our showdown in the championship. Wiener Circle got involved in this on social media. They wanted, you know, they gave us a few sup. Sup. They gave us a few sups. And, and then they offered us to come in if they won and said, we'll take you into the, the relish room, right? This, this tweet made me laugh so I can't read this because my mom's watching. My it's mom's just, watching. She hears me curse all the time. Sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> Wiener Circle quote tweeted our video that we, that, uh, that we posted last night from yesterday's show. After they invited us to the relish yeah. room, which I pointed when, out, what is that? What is the relish room, right? And uh, they said, come fuck around and find out, mofos. Uh, HBIC Poochie will come show you our award-winning service behind the counter. Play horse at the Wiener's Court. What? Have a drink in our bar. Perhaps a Dog Walker's J, if that's your flavor. <laughs> And then you'll be loose for your show in the relish room. They have a bar. <laughs> I only know. I know. I've been there. I they've really expanded. If they have a bar, <laughs> I don't know. And what was the name on there that was going to show us around? That's Poochie. She's like the manager. Poochie. Oh, okay. Uh, she runs the establishment. Gotcha. I, oh, okay. See, now, when See, I've I, never been there, so when, I don't know. When I saw that, I thought, didn't? Isn't that somebody that broke a story once? Perhaps. On Twitter, a big a big trade or something like that. I thought that was oh no, that was wet, wet butt or wet yeah, wet butt, not wet, wet butt, wet butt booty hole or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's good. So the bracket went down and Vienna Beef did beat Wiener Circle Chocolate Shake. However, we still would like to go down to the relish room because Wiener Circle did not fully lose out here. Wiener exactly. Circle is a winner winner yes. chicken dinner because they still serve the Vienna beef hot dog. Exactly. So either way, Wiener Circle was winning this. Thing. Right. They you they know? quote tweeted the poll yesterday as well and was like, uh, win we win, lose we win, or That's something right, like that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, Wiener Circle, I don't know how we're gonna work this out, but I want to get down there, have a char dog, a chocolate shake. Some of those fries, maybe get some cheese on that, and uh, you, know, you can insult me all you want. Yeah, I watch, uh, We watched the Conan O'Brien. Oh yeah, uh, Triumph Insult Dog yeah. with the guy from uh, Thirty Rock. Yeah, you haven't seen it. That is a great YouTube yeah. clip. I had never seen it. And it's really good. I I was rolling. It Kenneth was... Kenneth from Thirty Rock goes there and gets annihilated by the people <laughs> at Wiener Circle, and he shows up as a redemption yes. with Triumph the Insult Dog over his shoulder right. to throw it back at the people at Wiener Circle. It was, uh, it, was, it was a good 10 minutes of the day. That's, you know, that's the type of redemption we may need after some of these podcasts. You know? <laughs> some days we might need Triumph the Insult Dog to fire back at the people on the chat line. Oh, Will Anybody say fired. anything uh, bad about us today? Uh, I don't think so. Seems that's fairly one nice. The, one that's, of, that's one of the nice things about these shows so far is I don't think we've got any people calling us morons or anything like that. Yeah, we should wrap it up on that, huh? Yeah. Before yeah. anybody has anything <laughs> negative to say, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening and watching the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Wednesday, Brennan Miller is going to try and jump Ooh, on the pitch doctor, doctor. hopefully going to join us and break down some Cubs pitching. We'll see you then.